Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. I am your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communication needs might be, Rugged is always there to help you out with finding the right product for your machine. Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. Well, it feels like it's been a while since we last talked about a new product launch, and those are always a blast. So with that in mind, please welcome to the show, Hallie Hoyt, the Razor product manager for Razor XP. Hallie, how are you? Hey, Jared. I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hallie, I don't, I'm doing good, except for, you know, obviously we're here in Minnesota and you're here right now and we got a big snowstorm (laughs) on the way. So we're going (laughs) to, we're going to rush through this, right? And uh, get home. But uh, you have got some exciting news to share with us and I don't want to wait any longer. So why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here today and thanks for having me. Um, The news is we are launching the brand new model year 2024 Razor XP here in March. This will be. Did you hear all the fireworks going off and everything right now? (laughs) I I did. I really did. Um, I hope people are excited about this because I sure am. Yeah. So tell me all of, uh, gosh, I got a ton of questions for you, but uh, launching a new machine. just kind of tell me about it. What's going on? Oh gosh. Well, what isn't going on? <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll start there. It's launching a new machine. Um, it it really takes a committee of individuals to bring it to life from marketing, engineering, and product, and uh, especially our manufacturing folks. So we're all working very diligently to uh, work up the hype. Um, get this Razor XP out to market here, as I mentioned in March, and really bring kind of the next revolution of uh, Razor XP 1000 to life. Now, when it comes to the Razor XP and, and launching a, a new version, I assume this has probably been in the works for a while. Yes, your assumptions are correct. <laughs> Um, what all the goes past into years, sort of launching that new vehicle? Yeah. So what we, what we tend to do, especially from the product side is, you know, when we're looking to replace a product, we're always following the product that's currently in the market. So think of this as pulling in customer insights, um, or pulling in details from current owners in the market saying, Hey, you know, this happened to me. And if we, if we see that become a trend for, let's say, two to three more people, then it really gets on our radar to say, hey, maybe we really have something here and we need to dive into that. And um, so when we think about Razor XP and what really set the scope for, for this product, it was just that um, we had a, almost 10 years of learning on Razor XP 1000 to really drive us to innovate further for what the revolution of Razor XP would become. And that that's really how we do it. We pull insights, we look at market data, um, we start to build out a scope of work with our technical team and then determine a time uh, to which we want to introduce it to the market. Now, is this just one machine, Hallie? Is this a, uh, a family of XPs we're talking? Yeah, so it's a family. And within the Razor XP family, we'll offer different trim levels. Um, from sport, premium, and ultimate. 
And those will also be offered in two passenger variants along with four passenger variants. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we should uh, talk about each of those different machines. You want to start with the sport premium or the ultimate? Why don't we work our way up? There you go. <laughs> All right. So the, the sport trim, I, I kind of love this because the sport trim is really intended to pull both current and new customers um, into Razer XP. And when I say that, I mean, if you look at a current Razer XP 1000 owner, what would really drive them to want to repurchase XP 1000 again, right? And that, that's really how we have to think about that. When you look at a new customer, it's they may not completely understand what they're looking for or what they want. So we want to start them at whether it be a price point or feature level kind of um, point to this family that says, okay, I'm curious, I'm intrigued, I want to take a look. This might be a good starting place for me. And maybe later I'll I'll build up and repurchase the premium or ultimate. So the sport trim really comes just with your your standard details. So sport trim comes with um, we call it rugged design. Right. And part of that rugged design is having um, features on the vehicle that kind of protect your investment, if you will. So we have an integrated bumper starting with the sport trim. We have a full skid plate uh, to protect the driveline and engine components. Um, All the trims come with full doors which is really awesome because there's much more coverage. You walk away cleaner. It's just overall a a more comfortable ride depending where you're at. Um, And then the sport trim also comes in an exciting color where we've introduced some color pops on the external of the vehicle and brought it in into the interior with things such as seats. Um, The sport trim focused on comfort. And when when I say this, again, it's really the introduction into this family. So comfort was kind of one of those areas, right? Like when you think of a side-by-side product or a sport um, off-road machine, you know, you definitely want it to be durable. You you want it to have that performance and capability to go ride where you want to ride. But our customers are riding longer. They're taking more people with them. Um, and so we, we really thought about this, like what keeps customers riding and wanting to continue riding? And it's really bringing those comforts into the cab, like storage, redesigned seats, for example. Oh, I, I believe it. My wife and I are shopping for a new car right now. And first thing she wants to get in and just sit in it and see how it feels. Absolutely. Have, have you had any success? With any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so far, we'll, we'll see how it keeps going. But yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, obviously, the look of something is going to attract their eye. But for, for, I would feel like the, you know, for a large majority, they just want to get in and sit in it and just see how it feels, kind of squirm around a little bit, grab the steering wheel, you know, where does their eye go, things of that nature. Yeah, that's absolutely it. It's, it's really... Um, you can see, you can touch it, you can feel it, right? It's it's really that showroom presence. And that's where we really want to captivate our audience with that sport trim. And we've done that through different styling 
of the vehicle, like I mentioned with the colors, right? You, you still want to look good while you're out there riding your side by side, but you want to be comfortable doing it. And so Absolutely. that's really what that sport trim is intended to do. Very cool. And now you go one level up from that to the Razor XP Premium Edition. And I got to imagine there's a few little extras in that. Yeah, I I kind of love as we walk up because, um, you know, Polaris has always been an innovator and we see a lot of new technology introduced in Polaris products kind of first to the market, right? And, you know, we talk about our partners and what we did as we step up into the premium is we partnered with Rockford Fosgate to introduce an audio tune specific to these vehicles, meaning you're still going to get a great audio experience even while you're out riding in the outdoors, right? So you can bring that music with you, enhance your experience, just makes it fun. So as you walk up from sport to premium, we introduce that Rockford Fosgate audio. Um, we also um, introduce a roof, which is huge, right? Like you think of these customers out riding in different areas of the country, whether it be sun or rain or mud, whatever that might be, like people want roofs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we I will that. tell you this, when we go out on our shoots, when I'm talking to, uh, whether it be uh, Polaris Adventures Outfitter or a dealer, I have two questions for them right out of the, right out of the gate. Are the machines we're going to have on filming going to have a roof and or windshield? <laughs> because we never know when we're planning these shoots months in advance what the weather is going to be like uh, when we get there that week. And so for us, we don't really have a, a choice or an option to sort of reschedule most of the time unless we know it's just going to be awful the whole week. And so having that roof, whether, like you said, whether it be the sun or the rain is so 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 key and then if it's cold having a full windshield or half windshield just makes your day all that much better oh 100 and it feels like it you could take it off the showroom floor and go ride it there's not much more you'd have to do to it right um so we wanted to acknowledge that and we also acknowledge the fact that customers move up in tire sizes so on the premium trim we move up from a 29 inch tire in sport to a 30 inch tire. So we're getting a little bit more ground clearance um, as well. Now you've gone from sport to premium. And of course you can't have a full lineup unless you have an ultimate edition. Yes. <laughs> and our ultimate trims look good. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I get a feeling like that might be what you're most proud of. I'm not sure. I, you know, Jared, what I'm most proud of is the mere fact that we have a team of individuals behind this product that really hurt our customers. That's what I'm proud of. But the satisfaction or satisfactory portion of this is the fact that we see it come to life. And so, yeah, as we talk about these trims and we walk up to the ultimate, like it's very exciting because now not only are you bringing along the roof from the premium, um, you're, you're getting Rockford Fosgate audio as well in this trim, but it's a stage three. And what that means is it's got a little more punch to the audio. Um, we've introduced uh, front dash coaxial speakers along with rear head units behind the seats and then a 400 watt amp to boot it. Um, 
we've done that and paired it all with our ride command, which I absolutely love. Like, I don't know how much time you've had with our ride command, Jared, but honestly, once you have it, it's, it's really hard to not have it, especially when you can plan your routes, you can see where your friends are at. Right. I totally agree. We, it's kind of hit and miss for us, uh, depending on, on who we ride with, whether or not we have ride command, but there, there are a few things that certainly elevate any of our trips. And, you know, we talked about having a roof or a windshield and of course, um, having music, but that, other elements of, of, you know, you're out maybe on a, on a really dusty trail or somewhere you're not familiar with and having ride command just sort of helps put the trip at ease for you or make it more fun. Either one. Oh, 100%. And so like when we talk about new entrants to this, to this vehicle, new customers are existing, right? Some of the things we really thought about there was what gives our customers confidence to go out all day. Like, sure, performance is a piece of that. That that really stems from our Razor DNA. But then it's also having that ability to see where you're going, to come back, to share and build those memories. That's awesome. I know we've just had Ride Command on our most uh, recent podcast. And of course, we've worked with Rothkurt Fosgate for years. And you're, you're totally right. When we'll have audio systems, and now we do these Project X builds where we, you know, kind of build these unbelievable machines sometimes. But what I like about Rockford is, you know, you can take that from that stage one through the stage three up all the way to stage six. So even if you were to get the ultimate machine, you can still build on that, on that audio system if you want to. Yeah. And maybe let's talk about that for a second, because I, I love what Rockford is bringing to the table and that we have this partnership with them. Um, I'll say a key factor in our success just through that design integration was the fact that PG&A or our accessory team was brought along with the product design of this machine, Razor XP, since we were developing it, which wasn't always the case in the past, right? So we got smarter on how we went about um, development and we saw this need to make these machines and the accessories that customers love to add on look seamless so they can spend way less time upfitting and more time out riding. And one of the ways in which we did that is every trim from sport premium and ultimate comes with a six position pulse bar integrated in the vehicle, meaning pre-wiring is available to customers to add things like lights from rigid, um, up the stage game, right? And their audio, for example, add whip lights. Oh, you're making it too easy for people. Well, that's our, that's what we wanted to <laughs> That's how we sell vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, when you, to me, Hallie, the, the Razor XP lineup is sort of iconic within Polaris and, you know, we're going on, you look back and it's been, you know, introduced in 2014 and now we're in 2023 and it's been nine years. And to me, what you're showing and telling me here is, is, is the evolution and sort of all the work and the thought that you guys have put into these machines to sort of make it, you know, not only a great vehicle and a great ride, but also uh, customizable beyond, uh, you know, right off the showroom floor. Absolutely. And, and Jared, I'll be completely 
transparent with you here. I've been an owner of a Razor XP 1000 trail and rock edition for the last couple of years. And um, it, it was hard to think of a replacement to that vehicle within the same category, whether it be from the styling element or its capabilities. But when you actually sit in a Razor XP and have that chance to drive it, it's, it's a true light bulb moment of, hey, I actually do want to spend more time in this vehicle. I want to get to know it more. Um, and I, I want to take it out all day. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we go back, you turn back the clock, Hallie, you know, 10 years when they introduced the, the, the Razor XP lineup, um, what was that like then? And, and kind of what's been the thought process as we've moved forward in the past decade? Yeah, thank you for asking that question because I, I think it's really important to like really acknowledge where we came from as a brand and where we're going. Um, so yeah, in 2014, Razor XP 1000 was introduced. It had the highest uh, horsepower of its time um, at 107 horsepower, believe it or not. And it was the vehicle that was the most desired for desert and dune environments. So I'm going to pause there for a sec because <laughs> think, of, <laughs> think about how the industry has evolved and what we launched last year with Pro R and Turbo R, right? right. It, Razor XP 1000 was ultimately in the same kind of playing field as those vehicles. Um, what I love about that though is Razor XP 1000 set the stage for where the industry would go. We start to see the competition put more pressure on us, right? They're innovating quickly. Um, but yet, you know, we keep progressing forward. We keep innovating. And we start to see this switch from more of the thrill seeker customer with Razor XP 1000 to more of the avid explorer, which we now kind of deem as our multi-terrain space meaning Razor XP 1000 evolved from desert and dune with more focus in the trails. And then we see different variants such as mud and rock come along with that. I'm just, I love it when you guys hit on a machine and it's just sort of a home run from the get-go and then you just take that and you build upon it over the years. Is that sort of how the XP uh, mindset is or feel has been? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot to learn. Um, we were the top in the industry at the time, right? And if we didn't have that competition to help us innovate further, I don't think you'd see vehicles out there that we've introduced to the market in the past couple of years. Um, and that being said, when you think about these new vehicles coming to life, we, we take a lot of those learnings, whether it be quality and durability, longevity of parts, and we work to distill that down to other product that's going to be introduced to the market at a later date. And Razor XP is, is no exception to that. We did just that with a focus on quality and durability. I know you touched on it, Hallie, a little bit, and I kind of want to talk about it some more, but there's different levels of these machines. And does that mean there's different sort of riders for each one, or does the rider kind of fit all the three different types of machines? Sure. I th so when we talk about different families of machines, so when we think about the trail segment per se, um, 
those those are customers that may be um, living in different areas where trail restrictions truly exist. And so we need to offer them a vehicle that fits their needs uh, in those environments so they can get to where they want to go. Um, they're also kind of part of that avid explorer group. But where we kind of start to see some crossover as we go into multi-terrain, which is where Razor XP and Razor Pro XP live, we call that multi-terrain because we recognize that the majority of our customers are using that product specifically for different riding types. Um, it's more, I'll say, accessible with those machines on different trails, uh, just with those being 64 inches wide. And those multi-terrain customers, I, I love them because I know I am one. Right. <laughs> um, not to sound facetious, but what I love about them is that you still have a bit of that thrill seeker in you, but you still are that avid explorer. Like you enjoy going out, making memories with friends and family, right? It's about that journey and the stories you come away with. But then you don't mind a little bit of the performance aspect either to keep it exciting. Um, and so that that's really where multi-terrain fits. And then we get into wide open, which is our Turbo R and Pro R models. And these are really, truly the thrill seekers. You know, these are the desert and dune killers, ultimately. Um, they spend most of their life in, in the desert. But then we also see that some of these customers range um, to the southeast too with, within different rock crawling environments. Do you have within this new uh, lineup, Hallie, do you have a favorite? Oh boy, don't do that to me. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pick your favorite child. Come on, go ahead. Uh, that, it, it really is hard. Um, I, I have been very impressed with the Turbo R and what it's capable of. Now, I live in the Southwest now. I, I've really um, developed an interest in rock crawling. So that machine has really fit my needs. Um, but I've been, I've been rock crawling an XP 1000 for the past couple of years. And I did not think that machine would be as capable as it was up against a turbo R and there's certainly differences, but what I love about Razor XP 1000, uh, is the fact that it is so nimble and agile that there's places that those larger machines have difficulty going without doing say like a 10 point turn in tight spaces. Whereas my rock crawler Razor XP 1000, I, I can just get it to go and just need to work the throttle a little differently. So where's, you asked me home? my favorite. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know if I can give you one. <laughs> uh, you are in, in Utah right now uh, living I am. there. Okay. Uh, people often, uh, you know, my number one question I get from people is, you know, where's the best place to ride? Uh, where's your favorite place to ride? And I, you know, I, I often fall back and say, you know, if there's one, one state, cause I'm, I can't give you like a favorite cause you know, it's, that's, there's the country's too big and there's too many great places to ride. But if you're going to pick one state to ride in for the rest of your life, I would pick Utah. I, I would tend to agree. I am very blessed to have an outdoor playground where I reside. <laughs> Absolutely. So in Utah, where are some of the places that you've been that you 
really, really enjoy. Oh gosh, sure. That's like asking a hunter to give away his hunting no, secrets. I mean, some of the, you know, there's there's some popular places out there, but uh, you don't no. have to reveal all your uh, your uh, favorites. No, it's honestly, I if you would have asked me if I would have been living in Utah at this point in my life and been able to kind of go anywhere to go ride, um, it, it's really a split between. Sand Hollow and Moab, just just because it's such different terrain that I would encourage any any rider to go try that terrain at least once because it, it truly feels out of this world. I would agree. We have it's been a while since I've been to Moab, but we were at Sand Hollow last year, and uh, that that place certainly has the, the greatest variety and the smallest place that you'll find, whether it be dunes or rock crawling some wide open spaces that's it to me it's uh, a little more surprising that it's not as popular as it as it could be but i think that's been changing over the last few years oh absolutely i would agree and there's there's so many events that players partners with too like trail hero at a sand hollow that i i think just provides that opportunity whether you're a new rider coming from a different part of the country or a different part of the globe or if you want a good variety, like Sand Hollow is really, really that place. Right. And for, for people who don't know what that is, it's just a couple of hours uh, outside of Las Vegas. Um, so uh, pretty accessible for, for most people to drive in the Southwest. And of course, if you want to uh, fly and uh, rent a vehicle, you can do that as well out there. And then Moab, I think everyone knows Moab uh, in, in just the riding, not just in Moab, but around Moab, uh, is what I actually enjoy more because Moab can get quite busy and, you know, hell's revenge and those places that have been popular for years, but just go exploring within an hour or two outside Moab and you'll feel like you're riding in a, in a national park the entire time. And, and you're so right about that, Jared, because the first time I went to Moab, I was, I was a bit nervous, right? You hear of places such as Hell's Revenge. That's not a really inviting name. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Or, or you go to like Devil's Devil's Bowl or something like that. Yeah, right? hot some, tub. Very, yes, hot yes, tub. something very friendly. <laughs> um, but here, I am. This is where I'm. I'm so passionate about this writing community. Is I never thought I would have the opportunity to rock crawl, nor did I ever think I would try it, and. Once I started doing it, you start to meet different people. doesn't matter if they're part of your group or not, but the people you meet out on the trail respect the trail. They, they help you. They'll spot you if you feel uncomfortable doing anything, right? So you just get this community of, of people just that want to be part of that experience. And that is what I love about what Polaris has done to bring off-road product to our customers because now we're creating these experiences Absolutely. that are attainable. Now, now in the past few years, uh, machines getting to, to dealerships obviously was slowed by the, the pandemic, not just for you guys, but for everybody. And I, I think that's starting to change. So when will people start uh, being able to get their hands on, sit, feel, maybe test out this new XP lineup? Yeah, April, April 
Nice. So right around the corner. It is. I know. It's it's really exciting, truthfully. Um, I'm I'm always excited to hear what customers have to say, even if it's first impressions and they're not quite sure, right? Like it's all a learning experience and I'm just honored to be part of it, truthfully. Now, do you, do you park yourself in a dealership for a week? Where do you guys sort of, <laughs> and just like oh, eavesdrop, um, do, what, what do you guys do to sort of kind of uh, uh, get that initial feedback? Where does that come from? Yeah, so we actually have an owner's council um, that newer existing owners um, can become part of through Polaris. And we can receive feedback directly through there. Um, we also have a customer engagement group where insights are being pulled in again from customer feedback, but I'd say our, our biggest gauge, um, is really our, our field sales teams working with dealers directly to pull that information in real time. And of course, social media, I mean, it, that spreads so fast that it actually has become a tool for us to kind of gauge first impressions of the market. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you have introduced the lineup in 2014. You guys did a restyle in 2019. It's four years later. It's 2023. You've got the new Razor XP launch out. This process takes some time and you guys put a tremendous amount of work, effort, research into it. How many people Hallie, really get their sort of hands and eyeballs on a machine when it comes to launching a new product. Are we talking about who's supporting kind of internally to bring yeah, it to life? Yeah, I mean, it's not just sort of, uh, you know, the marketing group sitting around and saying, okay, we're going to do this. It really is, for me, you know, it's probably engineers and, and so many more. Gosh, I, I could tell you 100 and plus, 100 plus individuals and it's probably more than that, Jared. Um, but but certainly, I mean, it, it truly takes an army to bring these to life. And what's really key is kind of having your, your quarterbacks or your leads throughout the supply chain, marketing, engineering, product, uh, manufacturing, to make sure we're all working together to do what's right for the customer first and foremost, and then make sure that these vehicles get out on time to the market. Absolutely. And, and I think what I was trying to, to get at is this isn't just something that you guys, uh, you know, sort of whip up over the weekend and take lightly. It's a long, <laughs> long process to get to this point, right? It is. There's, there's a lot of development and iterations that take place over the years. Um, an idea could kick off. I mean, we talk about 10 plus year roadmaps to, to be looking toward the future at what we think the market is going to do. Um, and so, it, I mean, within that time frame, we're, we're planning, we're gut checking with the market, we're, we're pulling in different insights or focus groups to see if it really makes sense for the business and the customer uh, to pursue. So I'm guessing that you guys are already uh, talking, thinking, working on the next uh, uh, evolution of the XP. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell me time, all about it right yeah, now? <laughs> time, time will tell. Um, no, I, 
I think that's what I love about where I work is, like I said, we never stop innovating. And we have a bunch of individuals that are always excited to be jumping on that next thing. What's more exciting for you at this point? Is it the official launch release date or is it the feedback that you're going to, to, to get? It's a mix of both for me. And why I say that is, um, you know, it's like anything. You introduce something new out there. You're kind of exposing yourself to how it'll be received. So there's always kind of these nerves that kick in um, to see what, what customers will be saying about it. We've done some early work, um, especially with our field sales team, that give us a really good indication that, hey, you know, we did it. We hit the nail on the head. So feeling pretty good about that. Um, but the piece that is ultimately rewarding is the way that our customers use the product. Like if you were to go out and ride, and I'm sure you saw this shared when you were in Sand Hollow or Moab, no one vehicle is the same unless it's a rental fleet, right? Customers, customers truly make it their own. And I love to hear their stories of what they've done to do that and how it's impacted their life. So that that's probably the most rewarding. And then the second piece I would say to that is I look at these vehicles and of course I see a vehicle and I, I know how it makes me feel driving it. But for me, to your question about how many people does it take to bring this to life? When I look at these vehicles, I see those people and you kind of bring that vision to life with them. That is very rewarding to me. That's, that's fantastic. Well, it's, uh, it's Christmas in March for you. Is that correct? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty close. (laughs) I hear you a hundred percent when it comes to having different vehicles. We recently did a ride in a film down in Mississippi and we probably had 10 vehicles with us and each one was radically different from the next. And it's not often we get the case that that, that, that uh, is the way things play out. But I was like, man, this, this, this ride is just fun because I keep catching myself looking at someone else's vehicle and someone else. And I was like, has that vehicle been with us the whole time? I don't remember. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you get, you get a, you get a vehicle and the first thing you want to do is customize it however way it is you're going to do it just enough that it's not the same as anybody else's. Exactly. Exactly. Now I I have to ask you during that, that ride, um, out of Polaris product that you've ridden, what's really been the one that has been the most memorable for you? See, now we're lucky because we get to go (laughs) all over the country. Hmm. Well, I will say, gosh, you know, I haven't ridden, I don't get a chance to ride sportsmen too often uh, just because we're like, we're bringing gear and stuff. And usually I'm in a, I'm in a Ranger quite often, honestly, a lot, because that's the easiest vehicle for us to load up all the gear in and get in and out, in and out constantly all day long. So um, as far as like utility purposes go, I love that because, you know, we just, you were in and out of the vehicle a hundred times a day. And we got gear in the back and that just makes things so much easier. If we were um, out in the desert and we get to go fast and obviously I'm going I'm to raise her. But there are some days I'm like, we have an extra sportsman. I'm riding that all day because I just like don't get the chance to do that that often. And that's the most freed, free vehicle, I guess, 
for me is just because you're just wide open in the elements and I think, I think you're seeing more things in that particular vehicle. Uh, if I had to, uh, if I owned my own vehicle, uh, I would get a general just because that's kind of the best mixture of everything. So how sure. p- politically correct was that answer? I gave all of them. <laughs> all of them. I, I mean, I, I can appreciate why you answered the way you did. But right? Like that that just shows to what the off-roading industry brings to people's lives. Like there might just not there might not be just one, right? No. No, and for me, you know, we've been doing the show for 14 years now. And so I have seen almost the entire lineup changed during that time. And there was even a time way back in the day where we were just on ATVs exclusively filming a show. And, you know, that was crazy to think about what we rode and where we went just on ATVs. Now that you've got, you know, two seaters and then the four seaters came along. And I really, to me, that was the biggest change in the sport. However many years ago, that was when they switched from two seaters to four seaters that just opened it up for everybody. Oh, Absolutely. We saw that shift too over COVID. I think a lot yes. of manufacturers well, did. It's but sort of like boating as well. You know, uh, so many people have shifted to pontoons over the years, and the and the level of what you can do with a pontoon now compared to what you used to do back in the days is so much different. And so <laughs> there is no just like, hey, we can just take everybody. And if you want to do a little tubing or water skiing or fishing or whatever, we can all do that on the pontoon. So. Um, just just seeing the the change and evolution and being a part of the sport over the years is is has been a um, unbelievable experience. I love that. Yes, yes. Well, Holly, thanks for joining us today. I'm super excited. You've given us so much to think about. Uh, where here's a great question: Where can people once the launch happens? When is the official launch? And where can people go to get more information? Yeah. So the official launch date is March 6th, 2023. And please go to our website at Polaris.com and also follow um, at Polaris on social media just to stay up to date on some of the launch news coming out. There is a ton of information out there with the XPs between the sport, the premium, the ultimate, uh, a lot to look at, a lot to talk about, and uh, hopefully a lot to to test drive as well. Well, Jaren, maybe one of these days when I'm uh, back in the Midwest or you're, you're out West, uh, we'll get a chance to ride them. We're working on some shoots right now that might happen in Kanab, Utah. So, oh, uh, that is the place I didn't tell you about. But yes, uh, <laughs> that's a wonderful place. <laughs> there you go. If you, if you hung enough long through the show here, uh, <laughs> Kanab is a very special place. There's just, um, it's it's gotten a little more known in the past years. But when I went there ten years ago or so, it was still a secret. Um, of course, you have Coral Pink, which some people know in that area, but. Uh, just Kanab is just a really, really uh, special um, location in the country that just offers some of the most amazing scenery, both on a vehicle and off a vehicle that you will ever find. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll meet you in Kanab. Jared. Okay, that's, you'll meet me in Kanab. Where, Perfect. Yep, that's where we're going. <laughs> awesome. Well, hi, thanks again for, for joining us today. Appreciate all the time, all the information, and uh, I hope to see you on the trail sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Jared. Today's podcast was brought to you by Polaris Adventures. If you have not made your summer plans yet, or even your spring break plans, check out Polaris Adventures. They have 
over 100 outfitters from all over the country, from Maui to Maine. Spend a day, spend a half a day, get behind the wheel, go for a ride, see something, see part of the country you haven't seen before. You'll have a great time. And of course, by Quad Boss. Quad Boss has been around for two decades. Uh, we're here in Minnesota, and we often talk about this. It's going to snow, and so Quad Boss comes in handy with their snow plows. I'm sure I could use one in the next few days. They make super dependable parts, whether you're a rider, rancher, farmer, or hunter. Quad Boss makes your work feel like play. Well, that does it for another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. Be sure to like, download, and subscribe where you listen to your podcast, and we will talk to you again soon.